Welcome to the Sunday Morning Meeting Podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by John Bacon. So last week, who can remember what we were talking about last week? I want some people shouting out. Family! Jossie remembers. Well done, Jossie. Um, it was great. And uh, Jossie was speaking to us and he was asking us questions. He was asking, um, what is the importance of family? What does family look like? How do we work that out? And one thing that struck me, and I think it probably struck a few of us, is our ideas of family can be extremely different. We can have very, very different ideas of what family is because of our experience of family. We all have a family of some sort, a biological family of some sort, but maybe we don't know them, maybe we know loads of them, maybe we're happy with that situation, maybe we're not happy with that situation. Even between me and Stacy, there is a vast, vast difference between our ideas of what family are. I grew up in a family um, with my parents, and there's also my sister. She's now married, um, so that makes four people. I've got an uncle in London, and that's it for this continent. That's all my living family in this continent. I've got uh, an an aunt in Australia, who I think I've met maybe once when I was a child, and I've got two uncles in Canada who I've met a few times. And they've got family who I may have met or maybe have just seen a picture of. Um, We certainly don't talk. So my idea of family, my size of family, is very, very small. Stacy's got that many family members in Scarborough alone. And none of them are from Scarborough. These are just the ones that moved up from Essex when I took her away. Her, her parents uh, are no longer together, but they each have their own partners. So she's already got twice as many parents as me. Um, she's got a brother um, who's got a fiancé, and he's got two daughters as well. Uh, she's got... Uh, well, her, her dad's partner has got two adult children, two ladies, they're her stepsisters, Stacey's stepsisters, and one of those has got a partner and has got three children, and they're all up in Scarborough. Um, she's got nine, nine aunts and seven uncles, <laughs> and, uh, and they, basically they were all in, in Walton or in Essex at some point. And so when Stacy was growing up, she, you know, she grew up with her cousins, and she grew up with her aunts, she grew up with her uncles, she grew up with her parents and her brother and all this extended family. Um, I've never actually tried to count her cousins because I don't have all day, um, and I'm not crazy. Uh, our experience of family is worlds apart as well. It's not just a case of numbers. Um, you know, Stacy grew up uh, in Essex, um, and she was just surrounded by family all the time. Uh, she grew up in Walton on the Nays, or as I like to call it, the Cranmer Village. Um, <laughs> and uh, we don't say they're all related, because it's, it's a town, it's fine. <laughs> I do get in trouble sometimes. But like I, now, now that I've moved up here, I see my family once or twice a year on a good year. You know, we'll meet for not every Christmas, because sometimes I'm with Stacey's families for Christmas. And then outside of Christmas, maybe we'll see each other, maybe we won't. I don't know. And that's fine. We're happy with that. That's, that's, you know, that's not a sad story. That's my comfort zone. That's what I'm used to. That's great. Stacey's family is different. She sees her family multiple times a week, and if she's not seeing them, she's on the phone to them. She, she's always in contact with her family all the time. So we've got totally different ideas of what that means. If my parents want to come up to visit, for instance, or if I want to go down to visit them, we'll plan it months in advance. We'll be on the phone, we'll talk about it in our little family WhatsApp group that we've got, and we'll say, like, oh, we want to come up on this date, are you free, can you meet us? Oh, well, we've got some other things on, but we can meet up for an hour or two, we'll get dinner or something. That'll be nice. Done. That's it for the year. If, if Stacy's brother 
comes up to Scarborough. We'll find out because he's on the phone while he's driving up the motorway saying, I'm coming up. <laughs> and that's not a joke. That's not an exaggeration. He'll be on the phone on his way up like, I'm coming up. This is what your weekend is now. I'm here. Her dad would come into our house if we didn't have a lock on the door. <laughs> I'm really blessed with a very large family that I've married into. <laughs> he'd be in town, he'd just say, oh, I thought I'd pop in. I was like, I didn't think you would. <laughs> But if you ask us what family means, you know, we've got a kind of understanding now because we've been married for four years? Four years. Yeah, that was close. Um, but if, if, if especially, you know, when, earlier in our relationship, if you asked us what family meant, we'd have wildly different ideas. We'd have wildly different answers to what family is. And I'm sure it's the same for all of you. I mean, imagine some of you here have got families that are smaller than mine. I don't think any of you have got a family that's larger than Stacy's. But maybe it's, it's up there. And I was thinking about this over the past um, week. And I was thinking, what if our experience of God is the same? What if my relationship with God is so wildly different with your relationship of God? What if my understanding of who God is is so different from your understanding of who God is? And that's not to say that someone's right and someone's wrong, but rather God is so big that we can understand him in different ways. And so today I want to talk about something that's of my understanding of God, of who he is, and how great he is, and how awesome he is. But you've got to have to get inside my head. Because I've got one idea of God and you've got a different idea of God. Some people see God as, as a distant judge who, who looks down on us and, and call, uh, judges us. Others see him as, as their absolute best friend. And I'm not saying that one of those is especially right and one of those is especially wrong. Because you can go too far both ways. Ladies, Jesus is not your boyfriend. Um, but yeah, you're going to have to get inside my head. Because... I'm a bit of an analytical person. I like to think about things. I like to think about God's creation. Um, And that's how I experience God. That's how I experience how great he is. I I look to to the things that I can see, the things that I can feel, the things that I can measure. And I say, wow, look at that. That's how great God is. Can I get a show of hands? Who knows how great God is? Is there any believers here? You You know how great God is. You know how great God is. You know how great God is. It's very brave, because I didn't say, do you know if God is great? I said, do you know how great God is? You do not know how great God is. We're going to be exploring that today. You do not know how great God is. You have no idea how great God is. Can you put up the first slide, the, Hannah, thank you so much. Um, it's the picture of the orange donut on the black background. There it is. Orange donut on a black background. Does anyone know what that is? I'm sure some people do. There was the answer, black hole. Although you're going to need to put respect on the name. It's not just a black hole. That's a supermassive black hole. That's a supermassive black hole, just like the song by Muse. Um, that black hole, they took that photo just about a month ago. And it's the first ever photo we, as humanity, have ever taken of a black hole. If you've ever seen a picture of a black hole before now, it was just a simulation. It's something that someone made on a computer. This is actually based on pictures that they took with satellites. And this black hole is called Porvehi. It sits at the center of the M87 galaxy. And Porvehi is a Hawaiian word. They let the Hawaiians name this one because Hawaiian culture has got a lot to do with astronomy. And Porvehi in Hawaiian means the adorned, fathomless, dark creation, or the embellished, dark source of unending creation. I think it's a good name for a black hole. It's a very powerful name. 
And I've been thinking about this message. I've been thinking about Povehi. I've been thinking about the greatness of God for about two weeks now. It's something that's been, um, it's captivated me. It's taken my time. It's, it's taken my energy. I've woken up thinking about it. I've gone to sleep thinking about it. Because this thing is ridiculous. And God made it to show his glory. Have you ever cried at a number? You're going to have to get inside my head. I cried at a number this week. You're going to be amazed by a number. You do not know how great God is. So, do we know what stars are? Stars are explosions in slow motion. They are giant balls of flame that are just constantly exploding. And the only reason that they stay together is that they're so big that the gravity keeps them there. The gravity of the explosion keeps it in one place. That's what a star is. A black hole is one of these explosions in space that has exploded so much that the gravity has grown so much that the light coming from the explosion can no longer escape and turns back in because light is affected by gravity. If I, if I start talking about like weird science things and you don't understand, either stop me or just play along. Your choice. It took eight satellites to take that photo. They actually took the data in 2017. It took them two years to calculate all of the data that they had to make an image that you can actually see. They had to synchronize the data that they had from those satellites to a billionth of a second in order to take that photo. It's, it's an incredible human achievement to take this photo. You're looking at history. Um, and it's really important for science as well because it's another brick in the wall that tries to prove Einstein's theory of general relativity. The idea of how gravity affects matter and light and how, how basically the universe works. So scientists love it. I love it for different reasons. So to give you a sense of its scale, because that's a really exciting thing about supermassive black holes, is how big they are. The Earth is 7,917 miles wide, a long diameter. In terms of circumference, it's 24,000 miles, but we're not going to deal with circumference because then the numbers get really too big. Um, so I'm going to need to grab some volunteers. Um, we'll start with Alex. Thank you for volunteering. So for the Earth, we're going to round up. Can you hold that? Thank you. And you're going to need to go over there a bit. So the Earth is 7,917 miles along in diameter. So roughly 8,000 miles. Keep that in your head. You don't need to hold that. I'll take it back. 8,000 miles. Povehi is 24 billion miles. I need two more people. Darren, Stacy, thank you for volunteering. Now we're starting to get to numbers that you've heard of, but maybe you've never thought of properly. A billion is a thousand million. A million is a thousand thousands. For every thousand Darrens, there's one Stacy. For every thousand Alexes, there's one of these thousand Darrens. A billion is a ridiculous number. If you think in terms of seconds, a thousand seconds ago was 17 minutes ago. We were in the worship. A million seconds ago, how far do you think that is? So it's a bit bigger. A million seconds ago was the 1st of May. 
what were you doing the 1st of May? Just nearly two weeks ago. We've got a thousand, we've got a million, we've got a billion. How far is a billion seconds ago? 31 years. A billion seconds ago, I was not born. So if you think, oh, billion is just the number that comes after a million, forget it. A million seconds ago was just a few days ago. A billion seconds ago, I wasn't born. It's a big number. Pavehi is 24 billion miles wide. It's a big number. It's not like a million. It's a thousand times a million. Do you want to know how far away it is in terms of miles? We're going to need some more volunteers. Thank you, Nigel. Uh, Josh, thank you so much. Uh, if you could come over here as well. I might need to move this forward, actually. So every time I put one of these signs out, you've got to think, this is not just the next step. This is a thousand times bigger than the one before it. Josh, if you could stand here. It's not a trillion. I'm going to need another volunteer, actually. It's not quadrillion. Um, Mike, could you come and join me? After quadrillion, we get quintillion. I don't know if you've ever heard of quintillion. You're going to learn a lot of new numbers today. Povehi is 323 quintillion miles away. You have no idea how far away that is. We've reached numbers that humans cannot understand. Yeah, yeah. This is the glory of God. You do not know how great God is. He makes things that we cannot understand. I've tried to make it as simple as possible. I've got people at the front, and we've got the number right here. You can see it. You can see each step is a thousand more than the step before it. But somewhere around a billion to a trillion, we get lost. It's too much. Our brains do not know what that means. It's beyond humanity. It's beyond our brains to be able to fathom what a quintillion is. And it's 323 quintillion miles away. Now, if you think that's really far away, you need to understand how far away it is in terms of the context of the observable universe, because that's what we're dealing with here. I need another volunteer, please. Mm, Elka. No one else jumped up, so... This is, this is how the volunteering is happening today. The observable universe, bless you, is 546 sextillion miles wide. Now, if you think, ah, Pavehi is quite close then, because it's only one step further. No, the observable universe is over a thousand times long than the distance between us and Pavehi. Pavehi is quite close. It's one of the closer supermassive black holes, being 323 quintillion miles away. I'm going to need you guys to be up there for just a few more minutes. Thank you so much for your patience. And did you notice I said the observable universe? <laughs> Let's talk about the observable universe. There are stars that we cannot see in the sky. We, we have this limit of 543, was it? No, it's less than that. No, more than that. 546 sextillion miles is how far around us we can see at the moment. And I don't mean see. I mean with satellites, with, with technology, with distance. We physically cannot record anything further away. Do you know why? Because things are so far away that the light that they have has never reached us. It's going at the speed of light towards us. So there's stars that have exploded however many years ago, and the light is coming towards us, and we'll never see it. 
That's how far away it is. And we know we'll never see it because the universe is expanding. And the universe is now accelerating in its expansion, and it's expanding at such a rate that things that we don't see now are actually getting further away faster than the light will ever take to reach us. In fact, the number of stars we see in the universe will, over a very, very long course of time, get smaller because the universe is taking them away and it takes so long for the light to reach us. You do not know how great God is. <laughs> you have no idea how great God is. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a word or a sound. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. To help us understand some of this, we're going to start going back to M87 again, and I still need you guys up here. Um, we're going to make a model. And we're going to make a model of the Earth to begin with, to give you a sense of scale. This marble is the Earth. It's actually slightly bigger for in terms of my maths, because I needed something that was a centimeter cubed in volume. This is actually slightly bigger. It's, by, it's two millimeters too long. But imagine the Earth is this big or just a tiny bit smaller. At this scale, the sun is about this big. And that's very, very big compared to the Earth. But it's about this big. And if you're listening on the podcast, imagine a handsome young man putting his hands about 60 centimeters apart from each other. That's how big the sun is. Anyone got any idea how big Povehi is in terms of this scale? If the Earth is just this tiny little marble and the sun is this big, Povehi probably reaches out to the size of this room, at least, maybe even bigger. Can we put up the picture of the, the first picture of the two that look very similar? Yeah. Just need my water. In this scale, Povehi is 18.8 miles wide. You can't see, but that big circle, it's got Raven Scar at the top, and it's got Humminbee at the bottom, inside it. So in this model, we've actually been very, very um, irresponsible because we've just covered the whole of Scarborough and Rydell in a giant black hole. And we're just going to have to apologize. You can drive for, for many minutes, and you'll still be inside our tiny model of the black hole. Do you want to know the scale of this model? If you guys can pass some down. The scale of this model is 10.8 octillionth of the real size of things. So this marble, in terms of volume, not diameter for the scientists who care, is 10.8 octillionth times smaller. And our 18.8 mile wide um, dome, or sphere that's kind of half under the Earth, is 10.8 octillionth times smaller than it actually is. Do you see that smaller circle in the picture? I'm not sure if everyone can make it out, but there's, there is a much smaller circle. Um, that circle, I figured it out, is if you were standing at the beach, for instance, and you were looking out to the horizon, that's how far you can see before the curvature of the Earth takes the horizon away from you. So when you look out to the sea at the beach and you think, oh, maybe I can see the Netherlands, you can't, you're not even close. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we can actually barely see 
very far at all in terms of the global scale of things because of the curvature of the earth, because we're sitting on a ball. Um, that might be revelation to some of you. <laughs> the world is round. It's not flat. Um, so this giant, tiny black hole that we're sitting in goes beyond the horizon. Can we put up the second picture that's like this? However, our thing is so tall, it's 17 times taller than the tallest building in the world. It's three and a half times taller than Mount Everest. And that, can you see in the picture, we've got, around Scarborough, we've got that little black circle. That's our black hole. You see that very large blue circle. It's quite thin, but maybe you can make it out. It reaches out to Amsterdam, the Netherlands. It reaches out to Northern Ireland, basically the whole of the UK. That's how far, despite the curvature of the Earth, that's how far you can see our model of Pavehi. Basically, if you're anywhere in the UK, suddenly there's this giant dome. You're in London, you're looking at the London Eye. Behind it, there's, beyond the haze, there's this black dome. What have they done in Scarborough? If you were standing on the beach in the Netherlands, uh, some 250 miles away, the, the, the width of that, by the way, is 288 miles. If you're standing on the beach and you've just come from Amsterdam, you've gone to the beach in the Netherlands, you would see something like the picture that I've made. It looks like water. It would look like that. There's just an ominous dome far away. And someone in the Netherlands right now is going, what are they doing in Scarborough? Those Kingdom Faith Yorkshire guys are crazy. But the interesting thing about a black hole is not how big it is. It's how heavy it is. It's how dense it is. Do you want to know the actual mass of Pavehi in tons? This is the big number. This is, this is the one that blew me away. We're going to need to pass these down again. And let's remember... For every thousand, we've got a thousand millions, which is a thousand billions, which is a thousand trillions, which is a thousand quadrillions, which is a thousand quintillions, which is a thousand sectillions, which is a thousand septillions, which is a thousand octillions. In terms of tons, Pavehi is not in the nonillions. Nigel, you'll need that. Yeah, two hands. Too heavy, he said. It's not in the decillions. God, why have you made these numbers? It's not in the undecillions, which I love. Undecillions, that just sounds like a number that shouldn't exist. Oh, this is an undecillion. It's 12 duodecillion tons. The real Povehi, oh, we can go back to Povehi, thank you. The real Povehi is 12 duodecillion tons in terms of weight. You've got no idea what that number means. I totally understand. It's so far beyond. We got lost over here. We got lost over here. We got a thousand, 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 thousand times more than that in one black hole. You've got no idea how great God is. He's so great. Thank you, everyone. You can...
go and take your seats. Yes, round of applause for our volunteers. Uh, sure. Pavehi is two quintillion times heavier than the Earth. In our model of Pavehi, don't bother with the picture, that tiny 10.8 octillionth version of it that took up 18.8 miles, it took up Scarborough and Rydale, the weight of our model, and I worked this out, is heavier than if you were to take all of the water of the Pacific and the Atlantic Oceans and put them in that tiny space. It's very dense. It's very heavy. You have no idea. It's so far beyond our understanding. According to general relativity, the theory that scientists are so keen to test and find out and see how true it is, General Relativity says, all of that mass, the 12 duodecillion tons, all of that is contained at the center of the black hole in a point that has no width, no depth, and no height. It's at a single point. The reason the black hole is so big and so black is there's the edge of it is what we call the event horizon. That's the point where the gravity is so strong that light cannot escape. But actually, as it's not escaping, it's coming back in and all of the matter, all of the stars around it, that's what that orange glow is, by the way. That's matters of stars, that's asteroids, that's everything. That's all coming in to a single point, tinier than a grain of sand, according to general relativity. And this is the issue that people have with general relativity at the moment, because it says it's a point with zero volume. And therefore, according to the maths, it must have infinite mass and it must have infinite dens density. And we humans do not like that. We do not like something to be infinite. It doesn't make sense. And so that's the problem that people have currently with general relativity is, is saying, look at this, it doesn't make sense. And science doesn't like that. We need to make sense of things. But so far, the best model we've got says that's infinite. It's infinitely heavy. It's infinitely dense in such a tiny spot. After I did all this research looking into Povehi, one, I was blown away. Two, I thought, that's incredible. Three, I thought, how many black holes are there? How many supermassive black holes are there? I found a site called Hubble Site, and it had a paragraph that really tickled me, so I just copied it. It says, there are so many black holes in the universe, it is impossible to count them. It's like asking how many grains of sand there are on the beach. Fortunately, this is really great, the universe is enormous, and none of its known black holes are close enough to pose any danger to Earth. So if you're worried about that, don't worry, they're far away. It wasn't the first thing I was thinking of when I read the website, but I was like, oh, good to know, thank you. Every supermassive black hole, like Povehi, and that's just a term of size, by the way, um, is at the center of a galaxy. Every single one has a galaxy around it, and it's thought, they don't know this for sure yet, but they think every single galaxy has a supermassive black hole at its center, keeping everything spinning around, drawing it in, orbiting. Supermassive black holes are a display of God's glory. He created those. They're surrounded by hundreds of billions of explosions dancing around them, 
singing to God's glory. If we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. If the earth doesn't praise him, the galaxies will. The universe is a cosmic fireworks display, celebrating God's glory. You do not know how great God is. They think there's probably around a trillion galaxies in the observable universe. We have literally no idea how many stars there are. If you ask an astronomer today, how many stars do you think there are, he will tell you, your guess is as good as mine. Literally, your guess is as good as mine. It's not that they think it's between this and this and it could be any of those numbers. They do not have the maths. They do not have the ways of measuring. They do not even have the ways of guessing or estimating how many stars there are. It is beyond human understanding at the moment. We cannot understand it. Psalm 147 verse 4 says, He counts the number of stars. He gives names to all of them. You do not know how great God is. Can we bring up the picture? It's, it's a grainy picture with some like beams. That's the one. This is an older photo that was taken in 1990 on Valentine's Day, or that's when the image was produced at least. So we're going back in time in terms of human astronomy here, but not too far back. You might have seen this image. It was very famous, especially at the time but it's still famous in astronomy circles. It's called the pale blue dot. And it was taken by the Voyager satellite as it was leaving our solar system. Oh, by the way, Pavehi is bigger than our solar system. Just by itself, just thought I'd throw that out. That little dot, you might be able to see it on the, uh, kind of in the bottom right in that last sunbeam. Those are all sunbeams coming from our sun. That little pale blue dot is our Earth. That's our home that tiny little speck. In the original image, this this is a blown up version and it's gone through some filters to make it more clear. In the original image, the the tiny little speck was a tenth of a pixel, the smallest unit you can have in a digital image. It was just this, it was was within a rounding error basically. And we think, now that's where Earth must be, let's blow it up, let's make it brighter, let's see if it's there. There it was. There was a famous astronomer, Carl Sagan, he's an atheist, or he was, um, and he spoke about this. He, he was part of the team that made the image. He was, he was the one who requested, because the Voyager was on its way out taking photos of space, and he said, just before you do that, can you just turn it around and take a photo of Earth? And he had a speech that he gave when they revealed the image. Can you play the video, please? And bear in mind, this is, comes from an atheist point of view, just so you know. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it... Everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, Every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on a mote of dust 
suspended in a sunbeam. The Earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that in glory and triumph they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings. How eager they are to kill one another. How fervent their hatreds. Our posturings, our imagined self-importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. The Earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit? Yes. Settle? Not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, the Earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the pale blue dot, the only home we've ever known. again, thank you. Do you feel small? I feel small. It's a very good small. The Earth is a small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Why do you think God made such a huge universe? There are stars out there that we will never fly to, we'll never visit, We'll never understand them. We'll never take measurements from them. There are things out there that we'll never even know if they're there or not. They're so far away, so great, so massive, so unfathomable. God didn't make this universe for us to settle in and get comfortable and say, this is our home, this universe is just for us. God made this universe to show us who he is. The universe is a creation that comes from an infinite creator. Therefore, it's an infinite creation. It's unfathomable. I'm sorry, Lord, for thinking I could understand you. The book of Job is my favorite book in the Bible. It's a bit of a long read, but the payoff at the end is worth it. This is part of the payoff. The Lord answered Job from the storm. Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? Brace yourself like a man because I have some questions for you and you must answer them. Where were you 
when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Who determined its dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? What supports its foundations and who laid its cornerstone as the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Who kept the sea inside its boundaries as it burst from the womb and as I clothed it with clouds and wrapped it in thick darkness? For I locked it behind barred gates, limiting its shores. I said, this far and no farther will you come. Here your proud waves must stop. Have you ever commanded the morning to appear and caused the dawn to rise in the east? Have you made daylight spread to the ends of the earth to bring an end to the night's wickedness? You do not know how great God is. We do not know how great God is. We cannot know how great God is. We cannot understand how great God is. The band, you can come up if you want. Um, in fact, please do. God set a hundred trillion galaxies into motion. He's duodecillion. He's infinity times infinity. We are not made to fathom his greatness. His power is utterly alien. It's beyond us. He's unrivaled. He's unanswered. He's the supermassive black hole God. There is nothing like him. There is nothing beyond him. There is nothing above him. There is nothing that he has not figured out. Our problems are nothing to God. Our daily lives are nothing to God. He's so far above anything that we think he can't reach. Psalm 139 says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my laying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. This is the greatness of God. The great, unfathomable, supermassive black hole God doesn't say that galaxies and the universe is the crown of his creation. 
He doesn't say that black holes, supermassive black holes, stars 10 trillion times the size of our sun are the crown of his creation. God made all of that. He said, let there be light. There it was. It was nothing to him. God says, you are the crown of his creation. You are his masterpiece. He thinks about you every moment of every day. He loves every tiny detail in your life. He wants to know you more. He wants to get to know you. He wants to see what makes you tick. He cares about your problems. He cares about things that are holding you back. He cares about your sicknesses. He cares about your finances. He cares about your relationships. He knows the number of hairs on the head of your, of your head. That's the God we worship. I'm sorry, Lord, for thinking I could put you in a box. I'm sorry, Lord, for thinking I could understand you. I'm sorry, Lord, for thinking that I could love you more than you love me. I'm sorry, Lord, that I thought I could be more dedicated than you. There is none like you, Lord. Creator of the universe and carer of the individual. We're going to worship him. And if you can, you can stand or you can bow. You can go on your face. But we need to worship this God. We need to give him praise. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with God and you want to, don't leave this place without having a conversation with someone. If someone's invited you here, have a conversation with that person. Otherwise, come find me, come find Stacy, come find Richard or Joyce. Don't leave this place thinking that was just a nice message. We're going to worship God now. We're going to give Him glory. If you want to come to the front, come and fill this space. This is the altar of the Lord. Bring your sacrifice of praise. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.